Hi, welcome to new episode of the Bee Podcast. Today's guest is Olga Nistrova, the founder and owner of Honest Business, a marketing consulting firm specializing in working with SMEs. Soon to be a network will, that will revolutionize the space of content creation and challenge many of the bigger players that we know today. We'll be talking about marketing, but not only marketing, we're going to talk about specifically about marketing strategy, how that changed what's COVID, how could leaders maximize on their investment on marketing. Because also we're going to talk about tech-enabled marketing. We touched upon recession, everyone's talking about recessions, but how that would impact marketing and how could leaders navigate that challenge. For more content related to business and personal development, please subscribe to our channel. Welcome to a new episode of the um, B-Podcast. Um, Olga, welcome. And yeah, nice seeing you again. Actually, we talked um, offline before the session. So thank you for joining me in. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. All right, Olga, um, without further ado, I mean, you are very big on marketing and I'm impressed with the, especially actually the short videos that they're doing and on different topics that touch upon marketing and different elements of marketing. So that's really, that's really cool uh, as a starter. Thank you. Um, my first actually, you know, theme that I'd like to get your thoughts on is did the marketing change after COVID-19? What's your thoughts on that? I think it did. First of all, we are more responding to somebody who looks authentic, right? If before we were looking for somebody who is so styled up and, you know, is super polished and professional. Now what I see converts better and people respond to better. And I see it on my end as well. People who look just me, you know, just like me, they have same troubles. They tell you, you know, this is the problem. This is the solution. I tried it. You should try it too. So that model really works much better than something where, you know, whoever celebrity endorsed. Mm, that's correct. Yeah. And, and you know, I like, I think it's more become more human, isn't it? This is because like, it's more, not too much brushed. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and this mm -hmm. is quite impressive. You see, even, even in, influencer words um it, it's like it looks more authentic and you spot on than what we've seen in the past is look like all pretty all nice and well organized now it's like people that didn't mind is like, if they do a video in their pajamas if that makes sense <laughs> and i think you know what um changed though before we were responding to ads that aspired us to do better and to be better, right? Somebody who looks rich and successful and we're like, I want to be like you. So I want to buy the products you use and use the services you use. But now somebody who looks like me, we feel, you know, we've been through COVID. I've been through this. I've been through that. Uh, maybe somebody lost company, maybe some lost jobs or opened a company. And if the targeting hits correctly, then it means, oh, you understand where I'm at. You look like me, you resonate with me. And now I trust you rather than being inspired by somebody who is way ahead of us. So I think that's the strategy. Taking to a bit um, in more detail. So if, if we talk about marketing and that could be internally and externally within a business environment in you, in your mind is like how, how marketing could drive more value in 2022. By providing first information and concentrating on your why see, because from um, business owners perspective, we often find a product or service we want to sell. Right. Mm. And then we figure out how we're going to do it. 
And then we tell people, hey, buy it. And then you get into manipulation, meaning you think about price, you think about extra offers, you think about deadlines, right? So you want to some sort of impose fear, right? You're going to miss out on something. But now, since marketing is authentic and since this authentic advertising or integrated advertising is resonating with people, you can actually share your story. And if I know your why and I stick with you, I will stick with you through thick and thin and in between, right? Like for instance, if you think of Amazon or Apple, they failed multiple times. There were products that didn't do well, but people still stick with that because they believe in the, not just the brand, but the story and the intention behind it. So starting with why you're doing what you're doing and how you want to serve your people. And then by the way, I'm selling this, works much better nowadays than doing the reverse process. Right. And, and, and then, so if you talk about within the business environment and, and totally get what you say, this is that has the marketing has to be connected to the consumers of the, you know, the stakeholders needs and values. Otherwise that would not work as good. Um, mm -hmm. so if you talk about that and then try to reflect in, on what you've seen while working with business leaders and, and different businesses, I've noticed a lot of gap between the sales and the marketing priorities. Both of them, they, they see things through different perspectives, how we could fix that problem. So there is this long-term versus short-term rewards question. Marketing is, um, and you have long-term marketing when you think about legacy or brand building, right? Because, um, if you, to put it in some understandable terms, there are a lot of people who um, are celebrities and they tweeted something years ago and now they lose business opportunities just because this comes up. So whatever mm -hmm. is on the internet stays there. Now, if you are concerned about your legacy, you're going to partner with people or companies uh, or influencers or advertisers you are proud to to partner with now, as much as you will be proud that you have partnered with them years later. So you build a legacy, you, you uh, again, you communicate clearly what you're doing, why you're doing and the purpose behind your company and what it does. Now if we think about short-term marketing that is very much connected to sales is, okay, I have this product and I need to generate sales because I need to pay my employees and I need to pay my marketing team as well, because if you're not selling, where am I going to get the money? So the, I think separating your budget, dedicating whatever percentage is good for your legacy marketing and brand establishment versus dedicating specific budget for short-term conversion, where you invest into ads, where you target things, where you create the better testing that your ads will bring the sales to uh, sponsor the legacy situation um, is very important. And that's, I think, is the problem where the marketing team says we need to build a brand and sales says, but we need to have um, conversion. So you're not really profitable now. So dedicating and splitting the budget, what worked for me, for uh, the two companies I had, and it kind of brings you also peace of mind because you know you're not wasting money and you're not wasting time. Exactly. It's all it has to be anchored toward a purpose and then align these priorities, no matter how much fu uh, functions and departments are involved in that process, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So the following one, everyone nowadays talking about technology and, and, you know, how it's become more efficient, streamlines, how to, you know, get rid of unnecessary processes, et cetera. And within the marketing domains, I wonder is like, what's your thoughts about how we could leverage AI as an example, and, and basically what's the best practices in the field? I think taking advantage of technology is good if you have the budget for it. So somebody who would invest everything in metaverse and do the AI, if that's all the money you have, don't do it because you invest in something that is generating money. Now I see a lot of companies creating their stores, their sort of alternative lives in the metaverse and selling products already there. Then you have to see how do your customers operate? Are they there? If they're there, go meet them. If they're not there and you want to explore and you can afford it, do it. If you can't afford it yet, stick to what brings you value. That's how I see it. But definitely, I think that, uh, first of all, technology is going to change. We're going to have less creepy looking glasses where we can, you know, be in some alternate uh, universe. And there people will be selling products and they will be buying products because that's how life works. But, um, you know, everything has to be in moderation, I feel like. What do you think about actually some of the executive in the businesses and even within their ranks, they kind of seek um, piece of technology for, for the purpose of just trying something in you rather than something that brings a value, how we could step that practice. And I've seen a lot of it. I mean, in my work as well. So what's your thought on that mm -hmm. actually? I think it's fun. I think ultimately, you know, if you're a CEO or you're a business founder, you do it because ultimately it brings you not just value, but it brings you positivity, right? Mm. And if you feel like this is something new, this is something I want to explore, maybe they, I love people who would try a device and be open-minded and think, oh, this can change my life. This can be, a, you know, enhanced, this can be this and that. People who were first to try cell phones or whatever, or computers, we're trailblazers and those who scored that market. So if you are the first one entering that niche, if you are the first one in your industry doing that, you will own the industry before everybody realizes there is market for it. So being open-minded and being progressive is the key. Yeah. Well, and, and so, so in the fold of that, how to navigate actually the ambiguity. So now that nowadays the technology solutions are not that expensive. So the entry levels, or you could get a piece of technology that gives gives you potentially a lot of, you know, efficiencies and return on investment and all of that, but how actually to find something that's suitable for your business, what's the kind of the key things that you should look at as a business leader? I would start with your customers. What okay. are they using? Right. Because the thing is, if I want, if I'm super excited, let's take the metaverse. Cause that's what most people kind of associate with AI or any type of word at this point, unless you are in a specific industry. Um, if I'm interested in that, but my customers are not there. Now I can explore it on my personal um, time or I can dedicate some money and explore this idea. But if my people who I ultimately want to attract customers are not there, then it doesn't make sense at this point to make it a priority. But again, trying out something will make you that number one within your niche or your industry who is entering that. So it is important. And if I think, you know, there's a lot of companies, um, specifically when I worked with Fortune 500 companies in New York, 
um, the CEOs are or for specific age and specific, um, you know, mentality. You know, I stick to the horses, never change the winning horse, uh, stick to what you know, personal touch is the best, you know, so the lack of understanding that your customers will change, right? It's the same way if you think about singers, right? We probably grew up like in the times of Britney Spears or whatever. For teenagers now, she's grandma. Like that's, that's archive, you know, that's what we thought Beatles was or whatever. So you can't really target your demographic because they're going to grow with you. But then if your market serves a special niche and of a certain level of income or age or whatever, you have to advance. So if you are personally don't want to explore new things, then dedicate a department, few people who are actually eager to explore things and they will explain it back to you, but don't limit your company because you are limited. That's important. Right. Right. Um, Recession and it's, it's it's funny because nowadays everyone talking about that the U.S. economy is heading to a recession as well as in Europe. I think because of all of us going on in, in the market, so investing more or less in, in in the marketing specifically during recessions, what's the right strategy to implement for a business leader? I think it's important to understand that when. Um, things happen, right? Mm. There are people who will lose money and there are people who will make a bunch of money. So in the worst disasters, there were people who made a lot of money, who opened businesses, who actually became who they are now, billionaires, gazillionaires. If you study history, you see it. So the important thing is to be awake, to shake things up and to understand that life changes, right? Life is like a zebra. The main thing, you know, black and white stripes, the main thing, you don't go along the black one. So you have to be flexible and flexibility in your own views and the unattachment to things that, oh, this is my life, how I know it. Now this is recession. I need to tie up uh, my expenses. I need to save so I can go back to my life. No, recession usually regroups things and shakes things up and uh, the money travels from one to another, from one industry to another. So understanding how you can sustain, how you can survive is very important. Cut one department and influence another one, it's important. Now, what we started this conversation with, but people are resonating with authentic marketing. So now recession is happening imagine, and you still need to sell your product. So you will change your um, marketing expenses. You're not going to go and put ads in magazines and billboards and TV. You're probably going to invest in influencer marketing because they will resonate with your demographic. Maybe you will introduce a product that's a little bit cheaper, but it has bigger margin for you. So being awake and being flexible and quick is what will make you sustain. But it doesn't mean that with any recession, you have to go down. You know, if you're in a luxury market, maybe, but if you sell products that people need, you just have to find the pricing they can afford and adjust accordingly. I like your analogy and I agree with you that the recession times is a reflective points in what that person or a business and whereas a lot of consolidations happens and, and and key to all of that is flexibility and being awake actually to find out opportunities and, and be ahead of the curve versus your competitor probably in the market. So I like how you put it. 
Um, yeah, it, it's like, you know, you drive on the highway and you see there's going to be an accident. What are you going to do? Drive into the accident? Like, oh my God, it's an accident. Let's regroup. You see it and you try to avert it. And that's how it should be in business too. So like just believing that if you're doing good now and the recession is coming, it's not going to touch you. It will touch you, but you have to find the altitude that's going to, you know, um, lead to less shaking, less turbulence. Right. My last one, actually, I'd like to ask you, you're a business owner, um, you, you're doing a lot of fantastic things. So I'd like to ask you more of a personal question here is like, what's the next big things that you've got in your agenda? Well, launching a global network, television network, um, and we're doing it in July in 21 countries, um, Poland's included, um, to 110 million viewers. And um, my take, and I always start with why, is to shake things up and uh, give the decision-making back to the individual. So our viewers can decide what they want to watch and the content creators, those who produce shows, um, are having unlimited earnings. So they pay to be on the network, they pay a fee to, for the airtime, and then they have airtime to monetize and we take, don't take anything from it. So we see creators as business owners and viewers as those who decide what they wanna watch, when they wanna watch, because there's no algorithms and we don't sell the data to third parties. So that's the biggest launch we have, but. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's very impressive. Is it like some similar to a Netflix in a way, but it's not really Netflix, whereas you have more of independent people producing content and then everyone at the other end just will choose what they want to watch, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, we combined regular television because we have uh, live streams and we have on demand with the streaming like Netflix, where you can find based on categories. We have 10 different categories from food to health, to finance, to business, to parenting, anything you want to watch. But we only have three creators per niche within the two month period. So, um, if you're interested in something, you're going to have three programs in that category. And all creators are collaborating with each other and with other categories. So then we also combine the social media aspect where each creator can benefit from each other's following and collaborate rather than compete. So yes, it's actually all three together, streaming, television, social media. Um, if, if you, of course, if this is okay for you to answer, is it like an app based or is it like a browser based? It's like how it looks like the reach um, in terms it's of the both. end user. Okay. So we start uh, first um, with uh, Roku TV and Fire TV platforms that are installed in Samsung TVs and you can also buy separately. And um, also web browser, of course, like people can just go on network.com and watch it. And um, also in Q4, we uh, expand to Apple TV and iOS and Android. So then it's like literally mobile. Um, and I'm curious because I'm pacing Poland. So, um... Do you have already creators signed up from Poland for, for that program? Not yet, because we only advertise like in North America, okay. but we welcome because we have live uh, subtitles in different languages. So people can actually produce content and um, a lot of requests to, to do travel that is outside US. So if somebody is in Poland and wants to 
tell about the culture and travel or how you do business, you're always very welcome to reach because the main goal is to make it a worldwide network where I can see how is business going in Poland or how if I'm headed there, where do I travel? What do I eat? How do I dress? What do I connect with? And to have this network that gives you the answers. That's an invitation to everyone. Yes. <laughs> and to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Olga. Um, all right. Thanks a lot of being with me in the show today. Really, really pleasure. And I'm certain I'll keep an eye on the program. And, and yeah, that's fantastic. So congratulations, actually, for it. That's very, very brilliant idea. Thank you so much. And congratulations to your uh, achievements. And you're doing such a great job. And it's such a Thank pleasure you. to talk to. So, so much value. And I'm, we'll make sure to share it here in the US. So, yes. Thanks a lot, Olga. That's a pleasure. Thanks. Good to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>